Have you wondered about living elsewhere in your retirement? Well, we have almost daily. No, it's not a simple decision, especially when two people are involved. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about retirement destinations. We live in Brooklyn, New York, having grown up and worked in this area of the country. We're hoping to relocate when we're both retired. For us, it's the weather, the chaos, the noise, and the yearning to be near nature and not within three feet of human beings. <laughs> That's right. In February 2020, we embarked on our journey to find that special place. We spent a week in Winter Park, Florida, which is beautiful, but something said it wasn't for us. As we were planning for the next trip, the pandemic arrived. Jean then gave birth. I gave birth? To this podcast. With so many baby boomers retiring, many must be relocating. Why not connect with and learn from them? Here's a little background about us. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney turned podcaster. I recently retired from a university career practicing higher education law. I love the academic environment, but it was time to do something else. I no longer have to set an alarm, drive in BQE traffic, or work with people who don't always share the same principles. Oh, did I just say that? <laughs> you bet I did. I traded all that in to binge crime dramas into the wee hours just a little bit to develop the podcast, to volunteer, practice metal smithing, tackle our possessions. No regrets so far, Jane. I'm not Asian, and as Gil mentioned, I'm not retired. I'm just plain tired. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I always wanted to leave. I'm a law librarian working in a court who loves his job, but we're retired by the time we select our ideal location. We will be speaking to folks from across the street to across the globe who have moved to the dream venues and more. So please stay tuned. And remember, if you know anyone who has moved anywhere for retirement, let us know. Thank you. Howdy. Today's our, all right, let me try again. <laughs> Howdy. Today's our first Texas show and our first tiny house episode. We will be speaking with Brandy Beverly of Austin, Texas. I am so excited. I love tiny homes. And by the way, Gene, do they really say howdy in Texas? I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll find that soon. I guess I'll probably get some hate mail that my, my pronunciation of howdy. Or your pronunciation of pronunciation. <laughs> yes. Okay. My pronunciation of everything. Austin is the capital of Texas and the fourth largest city in Texas following Houston, San Antonio, and Dallas. There are more than 2 million people living in the metro region. In 2019, U.S. News and World Report named Austin as the number one best place to live in the U.S. for the third straight year. It continues to receive interest from the tech industry, contributing to a strong job market and high desirability among Americans as a place to live. Austin is also home to the University of Texas at Austin. The city has really cool places and things to do, including the well-known South by Southwest Festival. One day we're going to get there, Gil. Okay, I, I agree. I'd love to see that. Austin City Limit, the food truck scene, cool. fabulous nightlife, great art scene, a startup culture, big time college football, oh, beautiful lakes, nature trails, bike trails, a pet friendly community. And no honking. Imagine no honking in the city. No, I, I just can't. Even during football season? No way. No way. <laughs> there are also tons of museums, including the Cathedral of Junk, a museum dedicated to junk. Now, that museum I'd like to see. <laughs> Me too. Oh my goodness. Yes, Austin sounds great. But what many love about the city is that it is known as one of the sunniest cities in America. It gets an average of 300 days of sunshine a year. No, oh, that is amazing. Yeah, you'd love that, Gil. I know, I know. And now a little about today's guest. Okay. Yeah, I would <laughs> love all that sunshine because I think I suffer from sad, you know, not having another seasonal effectiveness disorder gene. Ah. Okay. Brandy was born in Houston and raised in Laporte, Texas. She received an accounting degree from the University of Texas at Austin. For most of her career, Brandy worked in branding, marketing, and graphic design. She worked at Exxon, which is where she met her future husband, who had a thriving graphic design company. When he learned that she was a CPA on their first date, he said, great, you can run my business. <laughs> and about a year after that, at the age of 24, Brandy purchased a marketing advertising company. Wow. 
essentially a client list and introductions to clients and vendors. She and her then-husband merged the companies and worked together for 12 years, three years longer than their marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Her last position was managing director for Savage Brands, a well-established branding marketing firm. She liked the job and thought she would work until 2030, but things didn't work out as planned. Brandy was diagnosed with heart failure in 1988, and it was complicated by Parkinson's disease in 2015. So in January 2020, she went out on disability. During the pandemic, Brandy sold her 1,700 square foot home in Houston and purchased a tiny home in Austin. Her home is in the Village Farm Tiny Home Community. She affectionately named her home the Tiny Tumble. Brandy was on an episode of the Tiny Home Tours YouTube show. And as of today, May 1st, 2022, her episode has received almost 3 million views and over 4,500 comments. Well, just like our show. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, uh, you know, 3 million short. <laughs> Brandy's hobbies include traveling, gardening, beading, landscape design, hiking, dancing, home design, and interior design, and intentional communities, which we'll talk about in a moment. She's also learning about the art world business. Her father, Carrie Beverly, was a prolific artist who died in 2019. I'm so sorry. His work may be seen at carriebeverly.com. So, Brandy, welcome to Retire There. You are our first Tiny Home and Texas <laughs> episode, and we are honored. Please tell us how and why you moved from Houston, where some say bigger is known as better, to a tiny home in Austin. It was COVID that got me. Um, <laughs> I uh, went out on disability. January 2020. That was about 10 years sooner than I had planned to retire. So I did an assessment of my house, my net worth. I decided that it would be the wisest thing if I would leave that home, downsize, be able to still save money. I had been looking at tiny homes for a year or so. I had also been here at Village Farm to visit. These were early days for them. They only had uh, a couple of rows of tiny houses that they had put in their RV park. Across the street was a farm, the Bergstrom family farm that at one time was 10 acres and now is four. The farmers lobbied the developer who owned the land to consider it an agrihood, essentially a certified organic farm in surrounded by tiny houses. I moved here during phase one of that. I was able to mark a few bucket list items off. One was the tiny home to live back in Austin again. And three is a strong community, which I hadn't realized was going to be accomplished here. It's been a great surprise. It in and of itself is a reason for me to stay here much longer than I might have thought I would stay. I figured this was a two, three year thing. This was going to be a two or three year friend. My friends all thought I'd move back to Houston and I haven't. I can't leave this place for a while. So yeah. So tiny home, if it's the right design, super comfortable. I think it's a kindness to my children. So there'll be a lot less for them to manage once I kick the bucket or whatever. Uh, So it's nice. It's nice. And it's a great stepping off point for travel. And it's away from Houston flooding, which is just exhausting. You know, you have PTSD when you see a big storm coming through because you know... Yeah. You know, oh, the yeah. neighborhood floods, and I was fortunate enough to never have that happen, but the water was up to my weep holes, got really close, and it stayed that way for about a week. Oh, so my, that, was, my that was during Harvey. I also bought some solar panels, did not read my paperwork. I got ripped off. So that was a burden literally hanging over my head mm-hmm. all the time because I still had to pay for the panels. And, you know, you look around the house and say, oh, I'm going to need a new driveway. I'm going to need a new roof. I just retired 10 years early. I looked at several different options and ran the numbers. That's something I'm kind of compulsive about. I ran them. This was a good answer for me. Bonus, it was near my family, who's all, for some reason, come to this town from Houston. My relatives are all about 30 minutes away and the airport 15. So I think that's a perfect kind of ratio. Yeah. Is that the international airport? It is. Okay, it is. cool. On that one, I had compared basically a basket of goods of flights that I would normally take. It was pretty competitive. 
What I didn't realize were the requirement that you be at the airport at 6 a.m. to go to the hub to Dallas or Houston to really start your flight. And um, so price-wise, similar, but difficulty in traveling, the time, uh, not good, not good. And you can't even get an Uber from the airport unless you pay a $25 premium and walk all the way to the edge of the parking garage to pick them up. Oh my goodness. Lessons learned. Wait, so are you saying that the Austin International Airport doesn't have that many flights to go to the the list of places that you desire? Doesn't have that many direct flights. to get to like Dallas? Yes, and Houston. Luckily, Houston's only a few hours away. I have good friends. I can just pop in and fly out, but that's that's real disappointing to me. Yeah, uh, travel's hard enough mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. days. Yeah, it was part of my consideration that nine one one services were important for me. Travis County does not keep track of response times by particular area, so I had to take a little bit of a risk. At least I am in the Austin extrajudicial neighborhood far out, um, but we still get the services and hopefully we don't ever need to call upon them. That was important for me. I've always said a little piece of dirt is very important. I need to garden. Oh, that's how I feel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't realize when I moved in that you couldn't put anything in the ground. I'm becoming a container gardener and, and, you know, Talking bad about the developer a lot. Just <laughs> so many of us are in the same situation. We were drawn here because is a great neighborhood of front porches and farm work. If you want to do farm work, you can go out and do that. And we have seed savers. I don't know. It's just uh, it's very nice. It just brings you together and sharing your bounty. We have my first tomato of the season, and um, oh, my kids and I would normally have cut it. And little pieces and all had it. So I shared it with my neighbor Mm. who does a lot of watering for me while I'm gone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if I answered your question, but. (laughs) Oh, that was great. Homegrown tomatoes are really tasty. I mean, you know, once you have that first one, it's not like the same (laughs) when you go to a supermarket. No, they're wonderful. And they barely get to the kitchen before I've eaten them. Yeah. So I want to go back. You mentioned a couple of things, actually, that we want to ask about. What was it like to go about purchasing the tiny home? For many of us who have no idea other than watching all the myriad of shows on TV, <laughs> I was hooked on the tiny oh, yeah. houses, you know, all that, that all those shows. I, I think I watched like over 100 episodes because each design was a little more unique. And the designer, I think his name was Sean or or one of the famous guys who's famous now, he would have the most creative ways of coming up with additional storage for things or even dining tables that were lifted up to the ceiling. You know, (laughs) yeah, the uh, compost toilets that opened up on the side for toilet tissue. You know, there were like these amazing designs. But like for those of us who have no idea, and there must be so many vendors now, like how do you go about I know you picked the site first, right? But then what? I picked the the community and was working with their sales office. Mm-hmm. They sell only certain models. Okay. They have preferred manufacturers and you choose among those models. I believe now they're probably four to six different models. Mm. I had actually given up on living here and had bought, was in the process of buying a condo in Houston. Oh, oh, wow. Um, just a couple of weeks from closing when I said, <gasps> you know, I need to go back and look at that place one more time. Saw a rainbow and knew it was something I definitely had to do and just drove to Austin on a whim. They had a new model here. They didn't even have the stairs to go up to the deck. You had to just pull myself up and look inside. Oh. And I was like, that's the model I want. I just... I loved it. So I special ordered it instead of buying the one that was there and made some modifications that really made it more livable for me. Uh, it took months. Luckily, the lady let me out of her condo deal. But <laughs> yeah. She was not pleased with the place she was <laughs> buying. So it, it was serendipitous. I it took about six months, seven months to get in here. I moved into an apartment in Houston waiting for this place to be completed. Meanwhile, COVID is raging and there are no workers. Mm. Things. Ah. Right. Um, luckily, I got in when I did price-wise. 
my model, I was able to purchase for $100,000 plus 6,000 sales tax. I had them deliver it without countertops because I didn't like laminate. I wanted some. I want some. I wanted solid surface. It Mm -hmm. just makes it look so much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As a cook, you don't uh, laminate. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> please. I know. We, we bought this house. We bought this house that had laminate, but we were broke at that point after paying the house. Mm-hmm. We're like, it doesn't look so bad, right? <laughs> and then you live with it. Then, it. then at some point, you're like, oh, please. We had the money. We just didn't want to spend it there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't put any of your sinks in until oh. you have your countertops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Move to Austin. Live with my mom. It was... I don't know how I handled it. All the moves, first to an apartment, then to my mother's, yeah. then just wow, a lot yeah. of moving. Yeah. So that's a great price. I mean, I know it sounds high compared to some of the other ones that we saw on the shows and what we read about magazines. Some of them you can buy for like 30000 but that's just mm-hmm. like the base, right? Without anything else. And then you see them all the way up to... I was in Barnes & Noble yesterday, part of my prepping research. <laughs> and I um, there was one magazine, Tiny House, it was called, or Tiny Homes. There was a guy, an architect in... Italy. He built this design and built this home and it looked like it was coming out of the mountain, but it was all concrete. It was stunning. I can only imagine that one upwards of maybe a mill, but who knows? Who knows? You know, it's all mm-hmm. by location. It's all by size, etc. So uh, what does that include? Is it a one bedroom or? It is a, a bedroom and a loft. Mm-hmm. All the tiny homes. I am in a tiny home that is considered a Park model RV. It is on a chassis when it arrives. They take the wheels off, they tie it into the ground, they build a skirt around it and build stairs and pour the sidewalk. That's a lot of where that hundred thousand comes in. Ah. They and they only let you finance through them. Oh. And uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it takes a few months for them to get it ready. Okay. Um, before, if you were to have your own land, purchase one directly from the manufacturer. At that time, I, I could have gotten it for fifty-five, sixty thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah. Sure, but still had to pay for transportation and all the rest of that. I've been enamored with housing types since I was a kid. My dad, an amateur architect, and he designed and built all of our houses and. Wow. Um, <laughs> Cool. Others as well. So geodesic domes, earth ships, wow. hay bale houses. <laughs> cool. So that, in addition to an old client of mine, I don't even know if they're in business anymore. They did flat pack housing oh. for man camps for oil companies, you know, like over in Angola, they could go set up. It, they're the size of containers, but flat as two or three feet tall. And they just get the site ready and pop them up and it's wired and there's everything's in there. One. Wow. And working with that client for many years, I was just like, I like the container ship houses and yeah. Yeah. Those are cool too. Mm -hmm. So no, this one has to follow the department of transportation rules. Mm -hmm. So it can only be so high to be able to get under the bridges only Mm -hmm. so wide where that leaves you is either a very nice one story with high ceilings and the loft ends up taking away from your headroom for anything that's under it. So my um, downstairs bedroom is only 69 inches tall. So you have to be careful. Okay. <laughs> you, okay. you hit your hands when you're trying to get dressed on okay. the ceiling. So <laughs> how, t- how tall are you? Maybe I'm five seven. Oh, I was going to say, cause I'm five, three and three quarters. And I think that would work for me. Yeah. <laughs> how, how tall is how tall is the loft? Uh, 52 inches at the apex, uh, 48 on the edges. Oh, so you can't you can't stand up. Yeah. No. So you no, crouched a little. Yeah. I had barrel roll a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get, I climb up and I have my certain way. I just kind of move and then yeah. I just throw myself and roll onto the bed. And okay. Okay. Scoot around on mats upstairs. Uh-huh, and luckily uh-huh. they don't put carpet in anymore. But I will say one thing, um, even though I was buying it through this dealer, I didn't realize the flexibility I had on finishes tile, for example. They have a lovely farm style ceramic tile throughout, but it's not exactly my taste, kind of Mm -hmm. busy. And I didn't Mm -hmm. know that 
I could do that. They really discourage you from making any changes. Oh, I'll bet. I added a covered back porch. I did something different with the closet, told them not to include a closet. But had there been a person here who really understood just project management mm-hmm. and going mm-hmm. through what your yeah. real options were, it was pretty much a get or sell, get the deposit check and order. Yeah. And we'll <laughs> let you know when it's coming in. Uh, okay. And and you said it's it, you paid a hundred thousand. What do they go for now? Is it has it risen? Oh yeah, my model you can't even get for another year or so. We have twelve new ones that have just come in. Another batch is coming soon. So do you know what they go for now? Will yours oh, go um, for now? Yes, brand new. I believe they're my model would be about a hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty thousand. Wow. Yeah, I could oh. sell it. For more than that right now, I have people asking to buy this all the time. Wow, that's great. And it's, uh, you you are told by your financial people Mm -hmm. that this is going to start depreciating immediately upon Mm -hmm. arrival. And for that to have not happened is a bit reassuring. If I really wanted to sell it and just cash out, I could do that. But then where do you go? Austin has one of the highest costs of living of any medium-sized city right now, about $450,000 or so. I'm out far east Austin, the growth out here. This was Swedish farmers that got land grants. Oh, wow. And so as you look around, you can see the hills with the little farmhouse on top of them. And then they had their acreage. I'm on the former Bergstrom farm. Our airport is Bergstrom Airport. So it's- Oh, wow. The family. It, there's a little bit of history here. They did some great things for Austin, but it's it's all being developed. We're very close to Tesla and their oh, new wow. 10 million square foot gigafactory. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> that just opened a couple of weeks ago and has been amazing to watch be built. Yeah, this town has such a vibe right now. It's you drive around and you see Facebook's building, Google, VRBO. Oh you just feel yeah. like you're in the middle really? of it all. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And what is the what is the HOA cost? Ah, I'm glad you asked that. We are renting our lots. So we rent $700 a month rental and uh, plus water and electricity and cable. So not not too bad on the utilities. That ends up being about $100 a month, but the $700 lot fee is that's a chunk and you know they can just raise it at any time. But so you pay a lot fee so you don't own the land, right? Correct. And so you don't you don't pay taxes on that? Nope. Oh, so that's good. It is. So there's there's no real estate tax. Exactly. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, seven hundred dollars, but so it's not so bad when you yes. think of it like that. Yeah. And does that seven hundred include they're taking care of things in terms of cleaning and and the land, whatever? I don't know. We have been in a construction zone for a long time here, mm. and we're all uh, very patient. Yeah. Yes, they just have prairie grass that they've planted. They want it to just be easy to mow in between houses. The big guys come along. That's why we're not allowed to put anything in the ground. We are supposed to have amenities, the like hammocks and fire pit and things that were part of the sales process that were in place in the original section. And that's nice. I can go over there anytime, but it's a fairly long walk. Mm-hmm. I want my stuff. We all yeah. want our stuff that we expect. Right. We bought our own fire pit and had it out there. And they finally, a bulldozer came and took it <gasps> one day. So <laughs> that was a very sad day. Oh my God. <laughs> and a loss of money. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. And a lot of fun fire pit Fridays around here. <laughs> uh, we've become very close. The the original farmers side of the a good group of people and they're Young couples, there are singletons like me. There's a 72-year-old former physics teacher, oh. uh, government workers. There's just all sorts nice of people mix. here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so I what like are the amenities? The amenities are the pools. There's They have a cool pool and a warmer pool and a hot tub, picnic benches, hammocks, fire pits, raised beds that we can plant. So those are really the amenities. Is there a gym? There is. There's a small gym on site here. And then uh, we're able, through a little bit of a process, not much, we're able to go to a much larger gym that's in an adjacent neighborhood that was developed by our same developer. Ah, So 
That's nice. And timing wise, it's been all COVID. So you couldn't even go to the gym for quite a while. So that's something. And we have a very nice farmhouse from 1915, I believe, that has been lovingly restored. That is a co-working space. I can go over there anytime. It has a good Wi-Fi. I can work there if I have a project. I'd like to just be in a different mindset. Right. right. And you don't have to Um, pay for that. That's nope. part of the, oh, that's nice. The co-workers. Yeah. They even, uh, I'm about to have the second annual art exhibit for my dad. Oh. Last year I had, it was June. I had the farmhouse. They even paid for the refreshments because they were oh. really trying to promote that farmhouse uh-huh. um, as a part of our amenities. So no, that's, that's very nice. So oh. what's the date of the art exhibit this year coming up? June 11th. Yeah. And, it, and it's right on the property, right? You said it is. It is. We'll just walk things over. I, one of my neighbors is involved in the arts and she actually curates the show for me Wow! and then helps with everything else. So it's been fun. We had 50, 55 people here last year and it was still a little COVID-y and, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it was nice. I, I sold a number. The neighbors went together and bought one. For it to stay in place. In the farmhouse? Okay. Uh-huh. Cool. Wow, that's and, so nice. And then the developer met the challenge and bought oh, another. Oh, nice. That was just lovely. Sweet. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. And did you say that the electric, so you cook electric? It's not. You don't have gas, right? I do have gas. Oh, you and, do have gas. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that's part of that hundred. And what about internet? $30 a month. Oh, okay. oh that's great. That's great. Yeah. That's great. And you get good coverage there. I do. Austin is a Google. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> of course. Whatever that is. Magical <laughs> thing right, right, is that right. they did to this town. Okay, okay. And, and do you have full size appliances in the tiny home? I do. I thought I needed those. I've always been cook entertainer. Now I realize I probably could have gone with that two burner convection top <laughs> just in order to have a dishwasher. Right. Oh, okay. I, Gave up the space, but I do have full-size gas stove and range, washer-dryer. Oh, right. Washer-dryer. Very small and a full-size fridge. Oh, wow. So you have everything you need at at your favorite. I do. Yeah. Now, what about groceries and all? Do you shop at the the farm or how far is that? I go to the farm stand here Mm -hmm. in our neighborhood on Saturdays and gather things. And I receive gifts of produce from the farmers for helping volunteer, which is nice. Oh, wow. There's a Hispanic grocery just a half mile away. So many people here haven't gone to it. And it's just a delight. There's some people that speak English there, but they have the best meat, fruit juices that they do there and their version of rotisserie chickens. So I have that. And then to get to the major grocery store, it's about seven or eight miles away and takes, you know, 15, 20 minutes to get over there. But that's that's just yeah, fine. Yeah. So you don't need a car, right, to get everything? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Car is absolutely, yes. The nearest place to catch a bus is still about a mile away without sidewalks. Wow. Yeah, you need a car. Okay. You need a car. And so do you have a spot that comes with your property? I do. We get one spot and a couple visitor tags. Um, it took a while, but it's fine. It's reserved now. It's actually reserved parking. And you do have to schlep your groceries just a little bit to get them inside. I have my groceries delivered often. It makes more sense. I, it, grocery shopping. I'm, I'm that person who's sitting on the floor crying every once in a while because I'm so <laughs> tired and I just yeah, yeah. Yeah. finish the groceries. Sure, <laughs> sure. No, of course. And we've all heard about the restaurant in Austin. Is it that good? Is it? The scene that good? You know, I have been to some great places here. I'm coming from Houston, which at one point had more restaurants per capita than any city in the United States. <laughs> I came here to, to reduce my expenses. And so going out is a treat. Um, but there's food trucks that are just fantastic wherever you go. And yeah, my uh, there's a taco truck that I am there three or four times a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we've heard about the breakfast tacos. Is that that's, <laughs> that's what they're known for, right? The breakfast tacos? Breakfast tacos, chicken tacos, street tacos, or <laughs> uh any kind of meat. And they usually just put cilantro and onion, you know, two bucks. 
Oh, you wow. can get out of there for five bucks. And wow, yeah, yeah, that was going to be my my uh, next question, which I ask um, every guest, by the way, <laughs> because um, when I retire, I don't want to cook. You are retired. Uh, well, I am retired actually a few <laughs> months ago, but and I'm not and I'm not cooking, but I'm spending a, way too much, way too much New York prices. But yeah. could you get away with not cooking most of the days? Like two, three dollars a taco. I mean, maybe I'd get bored of that, but still. Well, it's a, I would have to drive there that many times a day. I would have to cook. It's just some uh, it's drilled into my brain from my yeah. grandmother that the secret to long life is cooking for yourself. Mm-hmm. and cooking mm-hmm. for others. Okay. Um, yeah. I enjoy but- restaurants, but I don't have that many friends here yet. The folks that are here, most of them don't go out to restaurants. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of homebodies. There's a few right. of us who'll go out and go to events, mm-hmm. music events, and um, we'll go grab dinner every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, mostly everybody wants to be at home. It's a pricey town. There's a lot of money here and you can get four or $5 burger. But most of the time where I am, it's going to be, if I wanted a burger, Mm. It would be about thirteen, fourteen dollars. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Not the place to do that, Gil. All right. Well, I'm just curious <laughs> yeah. because you know I hear about five dollar meals and and um, yeah, yeah. So you would love that. Yeah. You yeah. would have tacos every day, Gene. I know <laughs> I would, you. I would. He loves Mexican. He just loves it. Well, it's easy to eat it every day mm-hmm. because there's so much to Mexican food. Yeah. Even exactly. though, you know, beyond the tacos. And yeah. Stuff. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And so you said you don't have that many friends there, but it's a so you live in a community of all tiny homes. Mm-hmm. You would think you'd get along with a lot of neighbors. You meet a lot of people. Is that that the case? That is the case. I enjoy having friends of all different ages. Some of my dearest friends are ten years older and much younger but as far as getting in a car and going with somebody and spending uh, dinner, mm, you know you just different yeah you 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 sync up with certain people like i remember when the first woman my age moved in and she was a doctor and it was just great to have good conversation and yeah, yeah somebody yeah. to walk with we never went out happy hours were great at her place <laughs> it's a pricey place Mm-hmm. If, if I go out, it's easy to spend good money pretty quickly. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. And, and you have a front and back porch. Can you tell us the difference between the front and back porch? Yes. Our front porches, well, our homes are aligned so that the front porches look out over the farm. Mm-hmm. And wow. the back porch, it looks out on our parking. Um, I have a, my place is 15 feet wide. And on the front of the house, I have a 10 foot deep porch wow. deck. And on the back, it's eight foot. That is my Southern exposure there. So mm-hmm. that's where most of the plants are growing. Yeah. I have a couple of storage sheds that aesthetically blend with my porch and my composite decking. And uh-huh. I have a garage in one of them and I have a kitchen wow. in the other, basically. To you have a lot of spaces. We've seen photos and you will see them once we post the show. The rooms seem spacious and comfortable. I mean, you know, you're one person, so mm-hmm. it seems very nice and, and modern. And, you know, you're the first homeowner. So it's also very chic. I have to say you did a wonderful job. Thank you. But you were saying on the back porch, that's sort of a private area and people don't bother you. But in the front porch... People are will yeah, and are allowed mine. to come up to you and talk oh, to you. Yeah, there's just more conversation in the front. Uh-huh. And it's not that the back porch never ends in conversation, but at least up until now, which this place is forever going to be changing because of the people moving in. We have a whole new crop, you know, it's just so exciting. But that's where I just have my comfortable little lounge chair and mm. sit back there. You can just lift your head or not. Yeah. If you lift yeah. your head, you know, you just, <laughs> um, we're going to talk to That's people. your me space. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Many yeah. people have an enclosed back porch, um, mm-hmm. but this model didn't come with that. Theirs have uh, wood with slats in between. So there's light on their porch, uh-huh. but uh-huh. it's much more private. Mm. And some even have a door to their back porch. Oh, so no mosquitoes. We don't have mosquitoes very often here. Oh, um, really? Just after long rain events. Okay. <laughs> mosquitoes and baby frogs. It's- oh, well, baby frogs don't bite, right? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. no I can't stand- your friends. <laughs> no, no, I can't stand mosquitoes. So, I mean, I don't know yeah, who can, but-, but-, but talking about mosquitoes and rain <laughs> and rain, what's the weather like there? Um, it is warm. It is usually a little less humid than Houston. Springs are glorious. Mm-hmm. Uh, spring and fall are lovely. In the winter, 
typically we get down into the 30s, but it's usually low 40s. Summer days will be very hot. It's already 91 degrees here during the day. I think we're at about 90% humidity. A lot of beautiful, clear sky days. Well, we have a lot of beautiful days with puffy clouds and uh, you can (laughs) see 180 degrees here. Mm -hmm. And I've learned since I moved here that the sunset is fantastic, fantastic. But watching the Eastern sky during a sunset is mind blowing because it's just this violet. Oh man. Being in an open space without big buildings around is really nice. And they've been very intentional about the lighting. So it's at night it, it's good and dark, so you can see the stars and nice. It's really so. Neat. All the you, I assume, all the homes are central air in Texas. There's no such thing as no air conditioning, right? Oh, could not. <laughs> <laughs> There's not central air. We have mini splits. Oh yeah, um, yes, yeah. Yes, I, okay, yes. I'm in air. I don't know okay. if that's the right yeah. terminology. No, no, it is. It is. There's one in the downstairs it. bedroom, um, so I could. Mm-hmm. completely, you know, just manage with that one. And then there's one upstairs okay. that okay. captures the whole. Okay. Oh, and I forgot the toilet. Is it compost or? No, golly. Good. No. <laughs> no, if I was <laughs> RVing or something, that would be fine. Or okay. No, completely, okay. completely hooked in. <laughs> right, oh, right, right. Sewage. And okay. No, yeah. because I, I wouldn't, that's not the whole my favorite. <laughs> I just have one more question about the weather. I know a few years ago you had, or, or recently you had snowmageddon. Does it really snow much there? Normally not. You may every year or so get some snow, but it doesn't even stick. But during freezeageddon, I woke up to a morning, there were six inches on the ground. I was the first one to step out <laughs> and see the sun rising and just, it was awesome. It was really awesome. And so that was about a week of snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. Snow, then ice. Wow. No, we don't know how to deal with that. That yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> pipes are freezing and breaking. Uh, <gasps> luck, luckily, I was experienced enough with all that to keep myself protected, but a few of my neighbors had problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. you need to know where your water lines come in and need yeah. to understand. Yeah. We all helped each other with that. So that that's rare, right? It is rare. Mm-hmm. It's very rare, but I think. It could easily happen again these days. Luckily, yeah. we're just by yeah. a power generation plant, so we, we oh. didn't lose power. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice. That's very mm-hmm. nice. Can we talk about healthcare? Where mm-hmm. the nearest hospital is, and if you just move down there, locating a um, a physician is the process difficult, or or what, how would you describe it all? Most of my doctors are still in Houston because my conditions have such a history and. The Houston Medical Center is wonderful, but I did identify here an internal medicine doctor and a cardiologist so I could have somebody on the ground. Sure. Um, closest hospital is probably 10 miles away. Oh, um, right. there's my family has had great health care here. I will be going on Medicare July 1. So I will start to change my doctors to Austin at Mm -hmm. some point. But right now I'm a medical tourist to Houston. I go there. I go to Houston for doctors once a month. How long is that drive? Two and a half hours. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to picture on the map, Houston being, Mm -hmm. so that's not that bad. No, it really isn't. Drove down there with my mother for cancer treatment at MD Anderson this last Mm. week. So I need a place to stay. I don't like to do up and back in one day anymore. Sure. Yeah, why need, why do that? Okay, so that's good. And and what about the other vision care, dental? Is that nearby? People can. It will be. And I've been I've gone and got my glasses fixed and identified. Like, okay, I'll come back here uh-huh. when it's uh-huh. time to check my eyes. Honestly, I've left a foot in Houston. You know, <laughs> I I have really good friends, and my dance partner is there. Um, I like to salsa, Latin dance. And- oh, you go. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh they have that here, but you know, you just have your favorite yeah. people and yeah. Go yeah. back. And I have a lot of friends that open their doors to me and let me just crash. So oh, that's <laughs> cool. That's that's very nice, actually. Why not, right? I mean, why cut yourself off from a great life? And yeah. you're so close. It's not like you have to fly six hours across the country and stuff. No, like it's that. an easy drive. I could do it in my not in my sleep, but <laughs> on autopilot to drive. Yeah, I was going to say, don't close your eyes. Okay. Is there a um, 
Yeah, is there an urgent care near you? There's an urgent care near me that has seen me a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, I got bitten by our farm cat when I stepped on it. Oh, and, uh, so poor baby, um, but bad cat bite and COVID testing, you know, so right, sure, uh, sure. Yeah. It's nice to have that. I did look to see if there were urgent cares near me. Many years ago, I met a woman in a spa outside of Guadalajara and we became fast friends. And although she lived in Seattle, we would always look at these places critically wondering whether we could live there, whether we could retire. We looked at Lake Ajajic near there, Guadalajara, Cuenavaca, Puerto Vallarta, and Sayulita. All these places we were looking for where she would retire. But in the process, I was learning, and I love Mexico, and she ended up in San Miguel de Allende. Mm-hmm. And so now I will go there for about a month at a time. Oh, and, and it's nice there. Oh, that's yeah, great, yeah. Uh-huh. But it got me in that mindset of where is my retirement going to be? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, Mexico, if it were not for the health issues, I would probably be in Mexico. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Uh, I have no grandbabies go- yet. I've got three kids spread across <laughs> the United States. So grandbabies, you know, there are factors that could easily change. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, sure, yeah. And I feel like this is such a bucket list item for me. And to live in this tiny house mm-hmm. is great. But every day you wake up and you choose again yep. what yeah. you want your life to be. And I'm fortunate enough to, to be able to move around the country. I know many people, that's an issue. But So I may end up in Mexico at some point. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. yeah. Brandy, I wanted to ask you, on an earlier call we had, you were discussing the growth in your neighborhood or area, if you will. Mm-hmm. Can you share with us? that plan, the number of homes that's that's going to be built or what what the prospects are? So in my area, which is East Austin, it's still pretty empty land, but there are a lot of um, modular home Mm -hmm. neighborhoods. Then there are the um, ubiquitous three-story nice little houses that you have to walk up and down so many stairs. Mm -hmm that, you know, million dollar houses, it keeps growing out here and they are literally scraping the sides of hills off to put in neighborhoods. It is going to continue to grow. It's less than five miles to a major toll road, Tesla over there. And then I believe Samsung is coming in in a uh-huh. town up north on that toll road. It's amazing how Austin is just turning over in a way. But in the village farm, tiny home community where you live, mm-hmm. how many homes are there now and how many do they plan to build? Do you know? Yes. In village farm, we have 20 or so homes right now. We've had just 12 for quite some time and we're all very close, but there will eventually be a hundred plus homes here. Wow. The village farm, I'm living in phase one. Phase two is just beginning to have homes delivered. And the infrastructure has been done for phase three. Uh, They just can't get the houses fast enough, but eventually there'll be 120 homes, I believe. I'm hopeful that the later phases will not happen. The developer here um, is a bit of a scorched earth (laughs) developer. (laughs) This was a proof of concept for them Uh. to see if they could make money with the, the tiny home. And they can. But yes, we'll be growing for, for years to come here. But I hope the farm across the street stays. Is that That's a working farm? It's a working farm. And I look out at it. I can walk. It's in my front yard. That's why I bought when I did buy, because I wanted to be able to see. I wanted to be essentially on the farm. We Some of the new houses that are going in, they really have amazing views. But it's because they cut all the trees down, which is a little (laughs) bit irritating. We have our own raised beds that they Mm -hmm. built for us. And that's where we plant with the benefit of advice from the farmers and often seedlings from the farmers. They will give it to us and we put it in our own bed, grow that. We just are coming off our winter crops and there has been a lot of kale and collard greens and mustard greens that are through my kitchen because I'll harvest it and go through the washing process and mm-hmm. hand it out to neighbors or cook it oh, and give it there's to them. that much nice uh-huh. 
Way more. We had to pull a lot of it out. Now the tomatoes are coming in and we have our spring crops in now. The farmers run our our garden club. Um, They have events there. They lived here. Mm. They were stewards of this farm that's gone from 10 to four acres. And it's sad. Luckily, they have another much larger farm um, because they're former New York marketing or PR people <laughs> wow. that gave up that life and came and oh, became farmers nice. in Texas and raised their children here on this farm. And that's so great. Um, so beautiful backstory. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, they own one of the tiny houses here and still manage the farm. I can go over there and walk and there's some chairs. You can just kind of hide from the mm. world and um, look at the crops. It's great. That's so nice. Yeah. Now, what's the size of your raised bed? Oh, they are and eight by eight, ten or four feet by eight. Yeah, nine four feet. by eight. That's a nice size. We have three raised beds right now that we use, and more will be added as yeah. they add the houses. Mm-hmm. That's an amenity. We will also have, or at least the plan is for us to have a whole section of raised beds that you can be assigned your own personal bed and chickens. We can buy our own chickens. Wow. Um, They're working on fixing up the chicken coop. So that's nice. nice. Yeah, it is. It's great. Because my sister rents in upstate New York and she's got about, I want to say at least four raised beds. Mm -hmm. And she's constantly texting us photos of, oh, I'm harvesting this. And I look at this squash (laughs) and look at this. And she's got eggplant. I mean, she's got everything. I, I just hope she'll buy their home soon. And I hope the landlord sells actually, because she oh. can really turn it into her own farm. She doesn't have animals or anything, but I mean, other than dogs, but it'll be um, nice if she gets chickens and so on. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing about this neighborhood. You mentioned dogs. Almost everyone here has dogs. Oh, it's, oh wow. It's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> Um, but you get to know all the dogs and <laughs> yeah, their yeah, owners. Yeah. And uh, we have farm cats that are trained to kill mice. We're not allowed to feed them, oh. watch them at work. And one of them has, this has become her territory, my house and <gasps> so cool. others around and uh, <laughs> such a good cat. And she's trained if she <laughs> is in yeah. your house. Uh-huh. She got locked into my house once when I was still, uh, I hadn't moved in and I came back 11 hours later and she had um, been here the whole time and she'd just gone in the sink and she'll go in the shower or in a toilet or in the sink. And wow. That's like, wow. I didn't know cats were trained like that, but <laughs> wow. she was in the toilet. She did it in the kitchen. No, that's what she was. I, I was like, oh, oh, my. it's kind of a lot of sand in the bottom of, and oh. it's like, Good girl, because I felt horrible that I trapped her in here. She just likes to go sleep in my place. I thought, I thought you were going to say she ripped everything apart, but yeah, she I didn't. Yeah, I thought that too. No, good wow. cat. Good wow. cat. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. I just have a, wait, wait. I watched the show you were on, and you have a, a panel from a Tilt-A-Whirl ride. <laughs> Where did you get that? I got that at a mid-century modern store in San Antonio. Oh man, that must have been many. Uh, we could barely get it in my car as I was. <laughs> oh my goodness! I love driving Built back to Houston. It was over my head, <laughs> and it's seventy-year-old plus composite fiberglass, whatever they made it with. Very brittle, but I got it home and had it in my last house. I asked permission if I could put it on the outside wall of my house, and they said yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's on the outside wall of your house. Mm-hmm. I wow. put it on my front deck. That's so cool. And it's it's actually from a tilt-a-whirl ride, from a real yeah. ride. Yeah. Wow. I love There's that. There's room. You can see where the light bulbs poke uh-huh. through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just how it how it's grooved, how it fit into yeah. a level. Oh, my God. That that was one of my favorite rides. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Because, you know, I wasn't a roller coaster person. So that was like daring enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I love it. I love it. All right. Well, you've spent a lot of time with us and we are grateful. Really so nice to meet you more than anything. You're a beautiful Likewise. person, beautiful person. If we come through Austin, we'll come by your farm and we'll come visit we'll you. We'll bother you. We'll bother I you. would ah. love that. Love you, have, that. you have a couple of parking spots, so we'll just like hang yeah. out there. Um, yeah. So do you have any words of advice for future interested tiny home retirees? If I was advising someone who was going to move into a tiny house, I would 
strongly advise that they get a single story. Allow yourself to get there, work in the space before you go out and buy a lot of furniture. You really need to be willing to let go of a lot of things. Oh, yeah. You need to be willing to just basically give up all your your china and all those things that may mean a lot to you. I think I mentioned artwork. Yeah. yeah. There are no walls big enough to put mm-hmm. the things on that you want. You know, just I would really advise the one story. And if you were having one custom built that was on the ground, have it ADA compliant. Ah, there are right. some very narrow doors here. I would need more space. Yeah. I am just uh, feel very cared for here, which is really, I just got very lucky with my neighbors. So well, that's great. That's great. I, fade. I just start to fade. No, <laughs> no, no, that, no, no. That's, that's great. And, and you, you talk about getting rid of stuff. Do you still have a storage unit or did you get rid of everything? Oh my God. I still have two storage units. <gasps> One for my father's art. Okay. Sure. Sure. Adjoining mine and mine is getting where there's a walkthrough, you know, it's <laughs> I'm getting rid of stuff back to going over there this afternoon. I just haven't been willing to give up my dining table. That was oh. my grandma's that I refinished. Oh. And if I were to move to another place, there may be room for a dining room. Right. So you don't want to let it go. Just I know. I, just, <laughs> I know. But I go to Goodwill every week and drop oh. something off. So do we. Yeah. Yeah. It never ends. Yes. I'm, I hate the idea of storage units. I just promised I would never have one. And now I do. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Brandy. Oh, thank you. Beautiful Pleasure. Pleasure. Yeah, meeting yeah. You. It was so nice meeting you. Yes. We'll stay in touch. Please do. Okay. And, All right. Uh, stop by anytime. Okay. We'll do. All right. <laughs> All right. Love you. Okay. You. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well.